This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. All right, everybody, here we go. We'll update what's going on with Tiger Woods, and we'll talk about the Knicks and Nets on ESPN New York Tonight. 1-800-919-3776. That's the number to join our Tuesday conversation here on 98.7. Along with Brian McGear, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Let me say good evening to my partner, Gordon Damer. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how we feeling? Okay, kind of mixed. You know what I'm saying? Kind of a kind of an up and down day, obviously, with the news of Tiger Woods, uh, which you know just kind of stunned. It came out of nowhere, Gordon. I'm sure you were you were close. To, you were on the air, probably right when this. Uh, yeah, uh, I think broke it this happened morning. shortly after. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones where it feels like we've had a lot of them, right? That just kind yeah. of come out of nowhere here over the last year, eighteen months, and uh, thankfully, it looks like this one. Uh, will end a little bit better than some other ones. So uh, Tiger obviously hospitalized after that car accident. If you've seen pictures of the car, he is, it, it seems he is very, very fortunate. Blessed and highly favored, my friend. Yes. <laughs> That's what he is. He is blessed and highly, highly favored. I mean, that car is totaled. And obviously the early reports of needing the jaws of life, as it turned out from the uh, press conference that was had, <clears throat> excuse me, at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, uh, Pacific time indicated that they did not have to get the uh, jaws of life, but still they had to get an axe. He was trying to get out. Uh, obviously, multiple injuries to his legs that required surgery. Gordon, some talks of shattered ankles. There's all type of you know rumors about what's going on with him, and obviously people thinking about will he be able to play again. But right now, we just just as we mentioned earlier, Gordon, we're just happy that he's alive. Yeah, he is fortunate to uh, survive that because, again, if you see the car, he must have, you know, I don't want to get into what the, the, the cause was, but he must have been traveling at a pretty high rate of speed. They say that that area has been prone to accidents and, and, and speed is a factor generally. So thankfully he's okay. I mean, he was already kind of up in the air about when he was going to play golf again. He certainly seemed like the Masters was kind of out even before this. So mm-hmm. now that's a question that will have to be answered at some later date, but uh, that's not really on the forefront right now for him. It's just about trying to get healthy and, and get back walking again. You know what? It, it's really been uh, kind of two careers for him, Gordon, when you think about it. And we're not, and it's not, you know, it, he's not, he hasn't passed on, but it just sounds like we're in this reflective mood about him, right? Uh, but it's really been two careers about him when you think about it. I mean, the, the dominance of the first part of his career, and then lately, really a career that's been, you know, racked with injuries. You know, I mean, what's he had like five or six back surgeries on which he was one which he was recovering one from. Was, yeah, I think this last one was his fifth one. So yeah, um, well, look, I mean, he had obviously the 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 career that everybody dreams of, and the start and the and the life that everybody dreams of, and then had that downward spiral that lasted a long while, and it made us appreciate the the Masters win a couple of years ago, right? Because mm-hmm. it felt like for all the, it seemed like false starts, right? Oh, is yeah. Tiger going to come back? Is he back? Is this the real Tiger? Can he win again? Can he win at the Masters? And for to come out of nowhere, how it felt like it did, it, it almost felt like we didn't think that that would ever happen again, so we appreciated it. So whether or not we get to see him on a golf course again, I, I, that's a question for a later time. But, uh, yeah, certainly uh, devastating news today when you see that uh, it pops up. And, and l- at least, thankfully, it looks like it's going to have a far better ending than some other stories that we've seen. Yeah, you know, you know what's fascinating, Gordon, because it is the, the, the sport of golf. 
that even and I know nobody's won a major after the age of 45. I get that. But, you know, the, the sport kind of lends itself to have longer longevity with all due asterisk not to Tom Brady. Right. In the, in the NFL. Yeah. But, you know, the, it just seems that you can still play. You can still be competitive. He can even move to the senior tour. So it's not like his golfing career. You know, before the accident, I'm talking. It's not like his golfing career was done. He, you, like you said, you you saw him at the May, the Masters. You said, you know, he he's he would he would be in these tournaments. Gordon, he'd have like a really good first day or second day, and then he would just fall off the map. And then you're like, well, maybe he isn't going to be good. Maybe he is going to be good. So it's it was just really, uh, he kept us on edge because you kept waiting to see him to see if he could come back and do it again. And go on maybe another little run to, you know, I mean, he's already considered one of the greatest golfers ever, but maybe he could go on a little run and kind of move closer to, uh, you know, some of, some of the other greats of golf. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just took it as after all the false starts that he had, right, this injury and that injury, and I think what you saw at the Masters a couple of years ago, when everything was lined up, he could still do it. But getting yeah. every, you know, with his health even before this, um, it was very difficult to get that. And it's kind of surprising, right? Because he's not, a, in golf terms, you're right, he's not an old man, Mm-mm. but he, you know, between the, the back surgeries, the leg injury that he suffered at the U.S. Open that year, it just seemed like, um, and, and for a guy who's in, I would think you would have to say, excellent shape, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he looks like uh, he's completely built, he's completely ripped. And a, a few years ago, I remember he, he has that, tournament in the Bahamas maybe it was five years ago now the years run together so quickly mm-hmm. and he was just so despondent at that time about he just wanted to be able to hold his kids again he just wanted to be able to walk and play with his kids again because his back was in such a terrible shape yeah. and for him to come back and get back on the tour and and to win again as he did uh to now have another comeback I guess you know this is something we'll all be rooting for for Tiger Woods of course, we've been all over it on ESPN earlier today. Bob Herrick, who's our golf analyst, was on SportsCenter, and he described just how close Tiger was to coming back before this accident today. We've all been curious to know where he stood in relation to his possible comeback, which obviously now is way in delay. But uh, he, was, he was nine weeks past the procedure, and it's believed to be kind of a two-and-a-half to three-month recovery. So we were sort of into that window now where he might be looking like he could be coming back. He was quite pessimistic with, in his interview with Jim Nance the other day, but yet he was hitting balls at that outing yesterday. He was hitting balls a couple of weeks after the surgery, not going full out, mind you, but still it was, it was a minimally invasive surgery, one that he was walking the next day. When he was talking about not having ramped it up yet, that kind of led to some concern, like was there a setback? Or was he just not feeling great yet? And, you know, we're probably never going to know how close he was to getting back. You know, Gordon, uh, having tried golf and been absolutely miserable at it and have tossed many clubs on various fairways, uh, to understand what it takes with the muscle memory and everything to to have that perfect swing and, and for a guy who's had success at the highest level, 
when you don't feel right, you know, you know your body better than anybody else. And while, yeah, okay, in theory, it would take X amount of weeks. Maybe he's coming back. He's not coming back. And the interview with Jim Nance has been played a lot, uh, or obviously throughout the day. And you could hear him say, well, you know, it's really up to the doctors or whatnot. It just sounded like Gordon from that, it just sounded like his body just didn't feel the way he needed it to feel for him to feel he could be competitive. Yeah, the line that stuck out to me from that interview was he said that right now there isn't really a plan. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, like, usually when you're, I, I, what, about a month away from probably the Masters, maybe 40 days away, mm-hmm. uh, you would think that with someone who is meticulous in preparation as Tiger Woods is, that he would have this lined up and that lined up for him to say that there was not a plan. didn't seem like it was really realistic that he was going to play in the Masters anyway. Uh, but the rest of the, you know, assuming that the rest of the sports calendar gets back to normal, there were three other majors. This now throws that all uh, just, the, I would think, at his age with all the other ailments that he's had. Maybe it's broken bones. Maybe that's easier to heal from yeah. than a bad back and all the back surgeries he's had. But I, I do think that you have to kind of question uh, whether or not you're going to see him, certainly anytime soon, whether or not you're going to see him at all in 2021. Absolutely. Scott Van Pelt. On Sports and the Weighed In on Tiger and how he embraced his new role on the PGA Tour. It's meant the world to him to be the old brother slash uncle slash whatever you want to call him, but he's the guy whose poster was on their wall that they idolized. And I can remember vividly a story that, uh, that Justin Thomas and I, were, he was explaining that he had gone to have a meal with Tiger and they were hanging out watching a playoff game. And, you know, the, the night kind of got late where they were just talking and talking and he kept kind of waiting to get kicked out, I think. And he's like, I was going to listen until he got done talking. And I said, you don't get it, man. Like he's getting as much out of your friendship as you are from him. Think about who Woods became. Like he's one of one. Who on the planet can even relate to the idea of being that? So few. You know, it's funny, Gordon. Uh, Had the opportunity to chat with players, young players who played with Michael Jordan when he was with Washington. Uh, young players who played on the Jets with Michael Vick. Uh, And when you play with guys whom you watched, right, whom you idolized, and there's just that that certain feeling, there's that certain I've arrived, there's that certain I just want to sit and just suck up everything that you're telling me, all the information, all the experience, all the stories. I just want to, I just want to, you know, just relive that life vicariously through you and just that you're a part of it. Uh, I, I really understand what Scott Van Pelt is saying. And I can understand from Tiger's standpoint, you know, Gordon, how he really enjoyed that, that kind of giving back, which when you think about it, him being so competitive, I don't know that you got that impression that Tiger would be that guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know that necessarily he was that guy in the, you know, in the real <laughs> epic years, right? Mm-hmm. Like he had a much more, uh, dominating personality that would not allow it didn't seem like people in in that way. So yeah, I mean, for for guys who grew up and and think about all you know, he might not be the greatest golfer of all time, but he certainly impacted who plays golf now probably more than anybody anywhere yeah. because he took it from you know from uh, from where it was and and made it global. Um, but also for the players on the tour, I, I'd have to think that <laughs> you know when Tiger Woods plays. He draws more eyeball. Even when he was in his down years, he was the most famous golfer by any stretch. Yep. So for you know prize and ticket sales, when tickets become available again and people can go out and, 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 and watch golf in person as much as they want, you know, not having Tiger Woods there affects everybody in the sport. It does. And, you know, some of these golfers, they remember 
uh, the difference in purses <laughs> yes, <laughs> before he arrived. I mean, you don't want to bring that up at a time where the guy's lying in a hospital yeah, bed, yeah. but I'm sure that, that, you know, that runs through their mind. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, of course, we are, Gordon and I talking about the uh, accident with Tiger Woods earlier today. And, and obviously, we'll get more information as, as time goes on. We'll see what's happening after his surgeries uh, with, the, with the two leg injuries. And as of right now, they say that he was not impaired. And, of course, that's, that's in the back of your mind, Gordon, because Absolutely. of a previous incident that happened mm-hmm. in '09. Uh, but, you know, we'll wait and see, you know, how this turns out. So we're not going to jump to any conclusions right now. It's just, it's just, man, I hope he gets better, especially, you know, the kids and family and stuff like that, where he was really, you know, from what you're hearing, Gordon, really starting to enjoy his family once again. Yeah. And again, he's a, he's a young guy. And yeah, I would true. say that, that when the first stories came out, it seemed way worse, right? Yes, like, yes. you know, the first, you know, the jaws of life and, uh, and, you know, Oof. basically seeing pictures of the car and you're thinking to yourself, Oh, geez. But uh, as, as more details have become available, not that it's not a serious thing. Obviously, the injuries, it seems like multiple leg fractures. That's a serious thing. But uh, luckily, it's not uh, as grim a picture as it seemed like uh, as first painted. Yeah, absolutely. So our prayers are with Tiger that he gets to a speedy recovery. And hopefully, he'll have a really good quality of life. We'll worry about golf later. <laughs> right now, we just wanted to get him out of the hospital and get him rolling. <laughs> At the foul line, bumped by Wiggins, the fall away. It is good. The all-star Randall with the bucket. Knicks are on the board. And a little bit of crowd noise in the background with the first bucket. Oh, it's so smooth. Sounds so pretty. Fans return to the garden. Hardesty and Damer on 98.7 ESPN. We call it ESPN New York tonight at 1-800-919-3776. And Gordon, it couldn't be any better. Fans in the building. Randall makes the uh, reserve all-star squad. You're thinking, oh, boy, this is it. This is it. And you got, a, you got a Golden State team that's in. And listen, we understand that this Golden State team is still very, very good, especially with Steph Curry. Here's when I knew the Knicks were in trouble, Gordon. I knew they were in trouble when Steph Curry had a eh first half. I want him to have an unbelievable first half and have a eh second half. That's what I wanted. I didn't get that. And he just, he, he, he's so annoying. He's so good. <laughs> he's, he's just annoying, Gordon. He is. And, and what really frustrated me other than him was Golden State just basketball fundamental the Knicks to death. Pick and rolls, uh, giving goes. I mean, they just, Ali, it was, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare, Gordon. Not yeah, it seems like he uh, has a big second half to the Garden a lot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It feels like it, uh, he's always and 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 really down the stretch of this game, it seemed like uh, that no one else on the Warriors wanted to shoot either. It was like it was his it was his time to take over, and and he did. And the Knicks look, they were down nine to start the fourth quarter. They get it tied with what three fifty to go, if I think my writing is right here. <laughs> Uh, three fifty to go. They get it tied at ninety seven, and the Knicks just had so many opportunities to to grab a lead, and just were not able to, and and, and were getting the shots that they wanted. Right, they were getting in the mm-hmm. in the lane, they were getting at the rim, and they just missed too many easy shots. So uh, a very frustrating look in this stretch, though. I think the Warriors were the game that stood out to you. If you had to rank them in terms of difficulty, the Warriors would have been probably the most difficult in this stretch of eight or nine games. So the mm-hmm. fact that you lost to them is not necessarily the issue as much as how you lost to them, right? You hold them to 20 points in the fourth quarter. They had missed a ton of threes at one point in that fourth quarter. 
and you had some opportunities and just could not hit any shots yourself. Yeah, the the thing was that you gave up 39 in the third. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, but, you know, in that third quarter, it felt like it, – it's almost like with the way that third quarter was going, you're like, you know what, it's, this is not – you know, the Knicks can't keep up with this, right? Like the mm-hmm. effort was a little bit of an issue, but you, it just looked like the Warriors were a better team. So for the Knicks to fight back and get back in the game, down the stretch of the game – you felt good about it, but, yep. you know, on nights where, you know, this is where it's unfortunate because he's a rookie, but quickly when he's out there, if he's not hitting shots and R.J. Barrett's not hitting shots, they don't have that many shot no. makers. Not that Barrett's a shot maker, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, to have those two guys go, what, two for 14, mm-hmm. you know, you can't ask Randall to score every single bucket, and there's not that many guys on the Knicks that are going to score. And what was crazy was you you saw a Derrick Rose that appeared when he first got here, right? He was the he had a lot of energy. He was into the game early. He was going to the basket. He he played a really good job defensively. I thought he did a very good job defensively for long stretches on uh, Steph Curry, who runs you through. Steph Curry is a little Reggie Miller, right? He just runs you through picks and screens, and he just chases them all around, and he can. And he could just flick the ball up. He's falling away one foot. What it goes in? It's just he, he is just he is a incredible talent. But he's just so frustrating. Yeah, he's so frustrating. And, and remember when they the Knicks get it tied at ninety seven, right? They're climbing. They're pushing the rock up the mountain. All of a sudden, the Warriors come right down, and and Steph hits that dagger three, and it's just yep. like, oh, you know, <laughs> you didn't yes. need that right there. So, very frustrating night. Very frustrating loss. It was. It was. 1-800-919-3776. We'll see what you have to say. Spike in Jersey. You're batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Spike? Well, thanks again. First of all, thoughts and prayers to Tiger Woods. I was uh, thinking, you know, some of the benefits of old age. I got to meet Jackie Robinson as a little boy and Henry Aaron. And I spent an hour with Muhammad Ali on a train down to D.C. And I met Mickey Willie in the Duke. And this is the one guy uh, I didn't meet. I got to see Joe Lewis from a distance at the end of his life. And uh, for a while, I told Michael I got on today, lucky, and he said to me, I said, man, I, ain't got to, I want to watch this Nick game. Curry's going to be a pain in the ass. I know that. And they, they can pass the ball with anybody. And they'll fundamentally you know, drive you nuts. We've got to hold them off in the end. We know what happened. And Michael said, eh, by then, maybe you know. And as soon as I hung up, they said it wasn't life-threatening. And I, and I don't wish any harm on nobody. You guys both know me. But uh, that took a big relief out of a lot of us. I just felt better. I know the guy's got a lot to go through. So then I get back into my basketball mode, and I put, they put up the first quarter of 36, whatever. And I go, look, let him, like you said, one of you guys said it before, let, let him shoot his brains off in the first half. <laughs> Time out. Don't let guys like Oubre and Bazemore, you know, get steals and then blocks and those lefties making them three-point shots. One guy, the Bazemore from the corner. How long have we seen that? Mm-hmm. So um, it came down to it, and we didn't have enough talent. You, I think, Gordon, you just said it. Uh, you know, you don't have enough shot makers nope. that can make it, and it's just the turnovers will kill you. They out, Knicks must have out-rebounded them by 20, but uh, I'm not looking for an answer on that. I'll look it up tomorrow morning, but uh, they're so fundamentally sound. They are. And Curry, you can't compare Curry to Reggie Miller. Uh, maybe, you know, shot making, you can't even compare him because of the range. But Steph Curry's an all around 
all-time great player. Reggie Miller was an all-time great shot maker. Well, I meant, I meant Spike running, how he runs you through picks and screens. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and he's I also he's, he's half a foot taller than him, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, Curry, fundamentally, uh, he, you just can't stop him. You don't, you just should have let him shoot, leave him open almost. Let him shoot 70. <laughs> because <laughs> fundamentally, they don't turn the ball over, and they get a million. They're leading the league in assists, I think. So, uh, and this kid Wiseman's going to be good. And uh, But it's these other guys, guys. It's it's, it's the same. Look, Green is what he is. He's in out there to, to, to cause a rock. He's a pain in the ass. He can pass with the best of them. Yes, he can score can. five points and have a great game. And that's yeah. the type of players. And Wiggins, to me, is just a bust. He can't shoot. He's he's one of those number one picks. But they brought Looney back. And Looney doesn't do much statistically, but he creates a lot of screens and picks. Uh, they lost to a better team. We don't have a lot of shot makers. We're still mm-hmm. back to that. I'm happy for Randall. He deserved it. But uh, I thought Peyton... He scored some points again, yes. but uh, I don't know what his plus minus was. But he was—he's and he's a strong guy. He's a strong yes. guy. He was run out of the building with them. They couldn't keep up with him. Barrett and and and, and Peyton were trying to guard Curry. It was a joke. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. But he's a two-time MVP. And he's again, great. I'll end it with thoughts and prayers to Tiger and listen to the show. And when when the games go late, I'm going to write a letter. Maybe you guys can get another hour. Don't get mad at me. All right, Spike, thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, you mentioned Draymond Green. Draymond Green, is such, he is a tremendous passer for a big man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh. Uh, you know, you saw that a couple of times tonight. And even Curry uh, was uh, doing a couple of nice, real nice passes down the stretch of the game. So, uh, you know, he brought up Peyton. Peyton was one of those guys. He finished with 20, but mm-hmm. he was another one where he was getting to the rim and Couldn't just finish. could not finish. He Couldn't just could finish. not finish. Minus 22, Spike. <laughs> yeah, not good. Oh, Everybody in the starting lineup was like minus. Uh, Randall was minus 21. Bullock yeah. minus 21. Yeah. Noel, Noel was, Noel was uh, minus 18. So, yeah, not a great night. He had a good night. <laughs> minus yeah. 18. Everybody else was minus 20-something. He had a good night. He yeah, was RJ, okay. RJ had a, had a struggle oh. tonight, too. Oh, my gosh. But you, know, but you know his issue, Gordon, and it's so funny. And teams are going to uh, – listen, I hope the Knicks understand that more and more teams are going to do this, and you're starting to see it where they clog the middle, mm-hmm. right? And so you come to the middle, they clog the middle, and what their teams are doing are they're double-teaming you outside, which means you got to swing the ball, and, and people, they, they're waiting for you to pick up your dribble, and when you do, they double-team you. So now the shot clock is going, you know, as Chris, Chris Murphy said, tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick. And then, then you swing it and you get a bad shot. So it's just they got to make some adjustments and, and try their best. Look, they, they don't have a lot of talent. We understand no. that. We know. No. We know. But it's but it's frustrating, Gordon, because even though they don't have a lot of talent, they're in these games. Yeah, they were there tonight. I mean, again, tied 97 fourth quarter, three and a half or three, four minutes to go. There was a, There was an opportunity there, and they just don't have enough guys that can put the ball in the basket, which is an important facet of the game. Uh, it would <laughs> as help. It turns out, <laughs> as it, it would turns be nice. Out, <laughs> yep. It would, it would help a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Cullum's in the Bronx. Hey, Cullum, you're next on 98.7. Larry, Gordon, good evening. Um, yeah, I, I like your sentiment with the game. You know, Steph Curry is obviously just – Steph Curry, so uh, I, 97, 97 at three minutes left. I, I point to it when it was um, a 102 to 100, and Steph Curry hits that, hits that falling away, one-handing, throw it up. You knew, you knew right yeah. at that point it was like, oh well, he's just yeah, better than right. us. We're not going to do anything about it. 
But I look at the Knicks as a whole at this point, 15 and 17, so that's 32 games. So we're 51% into this season. And you look at it, the two biggest things with this team is Julius Randle is now an all-star. But I think the number one biggest thing is the thing you like about this team the most is their coaching staff is the best part of them. And there's only two ways to get better with the biggest issue that we have is more scoring and more playmaking, and that's with free agency and or, or development. We can't do trades. And you like the fact that the Knicks right now, as you can stand right now, you say the development is there and people are getting better as it comes. So I'm looking forward to that second half of the year. And the way the Knicks look now, the way you thought the season was going to start, I think all Knicks fans should be ecstatic the way halfway season at this point is. Well, I hear so, you, Cullum. I'm, I'm, I agree I'm, with I'm you. Happy. I agree with you. Thanks for the phone call. I agree. You should be ecstatic. But here's what happens. As the team gets better, your expectations change. Right, Gordon? Absolutely. So, you, you know, of course. You, you know, when you're looking at this, you're like, man, the 15. First of all, why can't they get to 500? That's the first thing you try to figure out. And secondly, okay, they're, they're this close. They, you know, I'm not. Yes, I'm happy, but I now I want a little bit more. Of more. course, of course. I mean, it was what a little bit more than a week ago after they beat the Hawks that we were talking about. You know, not, it's not good enough to get the play-in game. They got to be in the playoffs uh, outright. You know, they got to be one of the top eight seeds. Well, you know, we're talking about playoff matchups, how they, you know, let's see the Knicks-Nets opening round. So, yeah, I mean, the expectation changes. You were hoping that that win against the Hawks, which was the third win that they had in a row at that point, was going to be a jumping-off point. And uh, it's, it's, you know, they've only played three games, but they've lost two of them. So yeah. it's kind of – you're still kind of at that – it, 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 it's almost like the Tiger Woods analogy where everything kind of, they got to be hitting on a lot of the cylinders, maybe not all cylinders to win, but they got to be hitting on a lot of the cylinders to be able to, to, to beat better teams. And the Warriors are clearly a better team than the Knicks. At least they were tonight. Absolutely. Baseball cutting the left side, drive on top and bumped, top and stripped him, and Burke saved it in bounds. Great deep by Obi Toppin. Burks over the logo, off to the rim, Toppin cutting in, the catch, the clutch, and the slam, and Toppin running back to defend with his index finger pointed skyward. Obi Toppin, he was one of the bright spots tonight for the Knicks in front of uh, his mom and dad at the game, and yeah, they were real, they didn't have to farm in crowd noise tonight, guard, real people. And you know what? (laughs) You could tell. Right, yes. like even on TV, you could tell the difference. It was nice to have some background noise when there were no fans allowed. Right, you needed to have something to kind of set the atmosphere. It feels weird when there's nothing going on, but man, it was nice even on TV to hear actual cheers and boos and getting on the refs and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it's been a while since I heard profanity from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, those Emmanuel Quickly jerseys, every time they went into the crowd, yeah. it seemed like I saw one of those. I know, I know. Those are hot sellers. They, they are the thing right now. Yeah. They are the thing. Back to the folds, 1-800-919-3776. John's in Freehold. Hey, John, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. How are you doing, guys? Hey What's going on? Look, this is another bad loss for the Knicks. They just can't seem to hit that 500 mark and then build upon it. And this last handful of games now, the perimeter defense has been brutal from this team. They've been giving up way wide-open uh, perimeter shots from every conceivable spot on the floor. 
and it's been killing them with these three-pointers, just building on with that and just, just breaking their back defensively. And they have no perimeter presence on the offensive end, guys. I mean, Burks and Bullock have been brutal lately. I mean, they haven't hit the right side of the barn. They started off nicely to start the year out, and I don't know if they've got some injuries going on, but ever since Burks came back from being out those couple of games early in the season, he just hasn't been the same. He hasn't been able to find himself, and the same with Bullock. Uh, Larry, we spoke about this before. This team needs a point guard, all right? They don't have a franchise point guard that could orchestrate the offense, that could break the defense down, that could handle the basketball. You and I spoke, I told you, as much as I like quickly, and I think he's a keeper. I think if we look at this uh, long-term with quickly, I think quickly is an instant offense guy off your bench. He just doesn't handle the ball well enough. He doesn't break down the defense well enough. He doesn't finish around the rim well enough to be a starting point guard on a, on a you know real good team. You're trying to put pieces together to build yourself a championship team. I just don't see him as that. I see him more of as a Lou Williams or a Jamal Crawford type that'll give you instant offense off the bench, and that's extremely valuable, and that will help. But they got to, they, they got to, in this next draft, they got to find a franchise point guard, and that's where Obi Toppin's development's going to come. If, if you had a legitimate point guard on this team, you'd be talking about Obi Toppin as rookie of the year because he, he's tremendously gifted. You can see he's frustrated. He just can't get – the guy just – he just doesn't have anybody that can get him the ball where he needs to get it on the move to, to be effective because that's his game. The pick and roll, running to the rim, you know, dunks, finishing, that, that's his game. So with that being said, Larry, you and I spoke about this before. Now, Scott Perry has a familiarity with this player because he was part of the uh, Sacramento front office when he was there, and that's Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald, at 28 years old, could come in here to the Knicks. I don't think it would cost him very much. I don't want to give up, you know, I don't want to overpay for him, of course. It has to be a reasonable price because I want to keep the assets that we have. I want to continue to build through the draft and free agency primarily. But if you can get him at a reasonable rate, I think Buddy Heald at this point in his career could really use a change of scenery. Like I said, Scott Perry knows him well from his days in Sacramento, and he's a guy that can come in and give you some perimeter presence, a guy that's been a consistent scorer from the perimeter throughout his NBA career. And he's just fallen out of favor. He just hasn't fit there yeah, in Sacramento. And I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on with him, John. Thanks for the phone call in Sacramento. Like uh, tonight, he played 37 minutes, had 11 points, three of nine shooting, three of six from three. So he hit all his threes. Um, he's been a guy. And you're right. We've talked about it. He's been the guy, Gordon, that that has shown that he's got some some uh, three point range. Uh, he's still starting for Sacramento, so I don't know what exactly uh, they would want for him. I don't know his contractual situation, but yeah, I, I could understand that when when you're looking to see what uh, you know you need somebody to score to, and hit from the three. And listen, we we know the Knicks need point guards. The Knicks have needed the point guard since God, Mark Jackson left, right? And, yeah, and Stephon Marbury was here and teased us for a little bit, and then he left and. Listen, the best point guard they've had over the past decade has been Jason Kidd, and he was one for, you know, he he, yeah. he retired after he left. So, you know, that that's the situation you got here. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like uh, I, I was going to go back to Rod Strickland and Mo Cheeks in oh, yeah. uh, those oh days, God. you know. So, I mean, it's been it's been a long time. It's, it's it almost been. what's been a longer. I guess it's been a longer wait for the Knicks point guard than a Jets pass rusher, right? Yeah, it has John been. John Abraham was yeah. at least here for a while, right? Yeah. It feels like about the same category. It does. It does. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Trey. What's up, Larry? Trey, I got to ask you a question. Are you that guy that I was reading about in, in, in um, Houston that donated uh, gas for people? No, that wasn't me, Larry. I ain't donating nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I saw I, I saw Trey the rapper and and I said oh that's got to be my Trey. 
No, no, that's Trey the Truth. He's a rapper in Houston, and yeah, he does a lot of community stuff. Yeah, he spells his name wrong. I'm T R A Y. He's T R A E. I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I'm a lot older than he is, so yeah, I was here first. So yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I was trying to give you a little play, brother. No, I, pre- I appreciate you, Larry. You know, I always, uh, always, you know, with a good plug. Um, remember back when we were doing the hospital shout-outs, Larry? Yes. And, you know, it was very important to me to do that, you know, and I always appreciate your time that you that you let me do that. Um, and it was all birthed off of a, a rapper that I told you that died of COVID back in, I think, April. And uh, they did a, a Avenue dedication for him yesterday on Kelly and Leggett. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the name of the block now is uh, Fred the Godson Avenue now. Oh so, wow, great man! Shout out, shout out to New York for doing that, man, because that that was huge, man. His family was out there, his daughters, his wife, nice. his widow. It was it was a beautiful moment, man. So I just wanted to acknowledge that, man. They did it in the snow and everything, man. It was really really tasteful, really That's nice. Nice. That's, That's nice. nice. Prayers yeah. to the family, but it's a nice nice. You prayers to, yeah, to his family, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so somebody's on the move, Larry, huh? Yeah, your boy. Yeah, yeah, I heard about it at work, man. I'm a, yeah, almost lost my lunch. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Where are the New York? I, can, I hope that we can get some callers in the next couple of days that sat there and ran their mouth about Chris Stapp's Porzingis, how we should have paid him, how he should. He didn't want to be here, but y'all wanted to keep somebody that did not want to be here. Him and his brother, him and his brother, they run their mouth about what they what they need and what they deserve and this, that, and the third. And his hair slicked to the side. And what did I tell you, Larry? Them knees are 70. <laughs> Those knees are 70 years old. And and from what I'm understanding, because I know somebody up there in Dallas that, that knows somebody in the organization, and I'm telling you now, he has rubbed people wrong the wrong way in that organization. And no surprise, so is his brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I well, think he's not on the move yet, Trey. He's not. He's not been Say traded again? yet. There's just you know. There's some rumblings, and that's how it starts, right? Oh there's man, some rumblings. Gee, gee, there's rumblings after you eat that bad chili. Yeah. This guy's out of here, G. <laughs> he's right. out of here. He's he's got to go. He is a malcontent, and he's a jerk. He's a jerk of a person. I don't really call people out their name, but him and his brother, man, they got problems. They really do, and they tried to poison our team. And I can just imagine if we would have gave him the money. Can you imagine it? Can oh you imagine if we max this guy out? Oh. Mark Cuban doesn't usually hit on the. He doesn't usually hit wrong on this. He hit wrong. He hit wrong. On, he hit right on Luca, because oh, Luca yeah, is George Benson, baby. Luca, 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 go put you to sleep slow. But I'm telling you right now, Kristaps Porzingis is not what we thought he was, and I'm glad he got the hell up out of here. And I, if we had to use DSJ and all of that to get him up out, whatever, whatever, whatever. And if the Mavericks keep losing, that is going to be – that might mess around and be a lottery pick, Larry. Seriously. Nah, they got Luka. They're not going to be a lottery team. Oh, damn it. I know you're hoping because you got that draft choice. <laughs> I know. I know. Look, I get. I, I, I feel you. I understand. I don't need you right now. I don't need you. I don't I'm need just you saying. Negative I'm just saying. I'm just bringing it up. Right, you know, I think right. fans are getting a little carried away sometimes. And I will say this. Look, I agree with Trey that he was not. And, and the stat that I saw and I had this morning was, uh, I think it was, they've played 136 games since Porzingis got to Dallas. He's played in 54% of them. So wow. I mean, basically half the time he's not available. Right. Yeah, That's he's not crazy. Available. Now, I will say this. You're not going to be like me for this, Trey. The Knicks still did not oh, win that trade. God. Come on, G. They did not win that What'd trade. You say, G? They did not win that trade. 
Did anybody win that trade? Well, I'm just saying, look, I mean, you could have traded him. You know, Nick fans now all of a sudden, because he's fallen out of favor and can't play and all these things, are now making it out like, hey, see, we were right the whole time. No, you still screwed it up. You still traded your, 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 your franchise centerpiece for cap space and then didn't really sign anybody. They did sign Randall, but that kind of fell in their lap because the plan A, B, and C fell apart. Yeah, but, that you know, was kind of planned That out. does not yeah. mean that you yeah, won the right. trade. The best revenge is living push. well, and the Knicks think, are living well, and Porzingis is not. So I, I take it as that's the win. I think that and I, I'm 100% on the same page, G. I, th- I think the same way. I just think it's a push at this point. Nobody won. Nobody lost. But we got somebody out of here that did not want to be here, and, and I want we want players here. Just like John from Freehold always say, we want people here that want to be here. You don't want to be here? They will ship you to Dallas. <laughs> right. And in fairness to the Knicks fans, for all the people in the media – who killed the Knicks about, well, you know, you're trading Porzingis, this is just the toxic garden and all these type of things, and, and made it out like the Knicks had just had this biggest blunder in the history of the world by trading this guy away. They only bring up the good parts. When he's missing games mm-hmm. and missing time, you don't hear a peep. It's like tumbleweeds rolling right. down the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's hey, so transparent. God, you're right about that. You're totally right. And hey, I want to say something really quick. Yo, shout out to Uncle Spike because he's been checking on me. I love you, Uncle Spike. I have to say that. All right, Trey. Thanks for checking in, my friend. <laughs> Tough loss tonight, Gordon. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny before we get back to the phones. It is funny about Porzingis, right? Because he was, he was a guy that, first of all, on draft night, <laughs> we're like, who is this? Who is this guy? Remember who the little kid guy, crying? Right? Remember the, the little kid crying? Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. Yep. <laughs> like, who is this? And then we watch him, right? And he's like, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe we got something. And then middle of the first season, what does Phil Jackson kind of hint that, well, maybe he's not what I thought he was. And then we're like, yeah, but what do you know? Because you, you – you, you, Right. It wasn't like he was getting a whole lot right. Exactly. So, you know, we we don't know what happened. But um, I got to tell you, it it's – it's it's sad that it's not worked out for him, but you know, just on his career with the talent that he still has, I mean, the ability to handle the ball, to shoot at his size, to block shots, to to hit the three, I mean, if he could just stay healthy, he would be a really really fabulous player. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's and that's really the issue. The issue that Dallas is having with him is that his defense has just been so atrocious, and they they think that it's mostly because he's coming back from these injuries that he just doesn't have the same mobility. They're hoping that it does improve, but that he just might be one of those guys, right? These guys come along, especially the big, tall, thin guys like that Mm -hmm. who just cannot stay healthy. He has not shown the ability, and you would think at this point, if he's not shown the ability to stay healthy at this point, why is he going to stay healthy with, with everything else that's been lumped in, right? Like all the other injuries that he's had generally don't make you healthier later. That's for sure. Back to the phones. Hey, Bruce and Flushing, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry Gordon. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, Bruce. Um, you know, Larry, I want to talk about the Knicks and uh, a comment about Tiger. But you talk about it not working out for Pozingas. Well, he did come away with, away with a nice contract. Yeah, he did. From a monetary situation, he's okay. I hope he's saving it. <laughs> well, what did he get, like $150 million? Something along. I don't have his contract in front of me, but he he was paid handsomely. Yeah, 
Let me get to the Knicks and the uh, comment about Tiger on, on the Knicks. I mean, you guys said it before, and it was, you know, it's been it was quite apparent in tonight's game, uh, magnified it. When you need a shot from the outside, you can't get it on this team. You know, I, I remember the good old days. I go back to the old Nick teams. When you needed a shot, you got it from Frazier. You got it from DeBusher. Um, Cassie, when he was hot. Bradley, every so often. But the two main guys were Frazier and DeBusher. And when Monroe came over, you got it from Monroe. On this team, you have nobody like that. And that's why when people say you can't trade for Beal, you put B on this team, and, and I know it's going to cost things and people and draft picks, but at least have to consider it. Yeah, but the, the only problem, Bruce, and you're right, obviously he would make a huge difference. The only problem is with the amount of people and draft choices you'd have to take, you have to send for him, uh, he'd be here. He, he would be impersonating Julius Randle. <laughs> There'd be nobody around him. He would he he would switch roles with Randall, and you'd still be saying, "Boy, if we only had somebody around Bradley Beal, how good would he be?" Well, uh, you can make a case that uh, uh, Tobin can take part of that from from uh, from Randall. But um, I hear what you're saying. So basically, what you're saying is wait till summertime until you get some draft picks because this team works hard. You know, maybe he'll make the playoffs. Probably will make the playoffs, but it's not going to be a championship team the way this team is constructed. Um, I think the draft picks, Bruce, are still the the clearest path to getting superstar talent. I know it's a crapshoot, and and they're not going to probably have high picks, but I think that that's still probably their best route. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Um, Quick comment about Tiger. I did not realize this until I heard an excerpt from the Tiger interview he did with Jim Nance today. And he was talking about it after the Ryder Cup, you know, during the Ryder Cup series, and it was during or or, or after, that when he came home from playing like four or five rounds of golf in in, in a row because of the Ryder Cup, he walked like an old man. He was bent over, and that that he could hardly walk to to the chair. Then he went to the bathroom he said yeah, he was bent over, he could hardly walk. That's not what you thought. You knew Tiger had back problems, but you figured, okay, that's when he's on playing golf. But he couldn't even physically walk at times when he, when he was you know, at his house, yeah. which I did not know. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but it came to me as a surprise. Yeah, well, as I mentioned earlier, Bruce, about that tournament, it was probably five years ago now, and I don't know at what point. I think it was after maybe the first back surgery that he had. Maybe it was the second one. You kind of lose track after a while. But he was talking like he just wanted to be able to walk with his kids and play with his kids and and that he was in that bad a shape. And obviously he's had uh, several other back surgeries since then, and it seems like it's got – a pretty short shelf life, all right? Like, he, it seems like it keeps popping up, and, and he has to, like, it's almost like when you get to a certain age, like, you might do something to improve your situation, but it doesn't, like, fix it. It just, you just mm. do that. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you know, you have to rotate your shoulder every day to, to have flexibility in your shoulder. The pain's not going to go away, but it just allows you to kind of be able to function with your shoulder. So it's just, um, I think that even for just being a 45-year-old guy, He's got a lot of a lot of health concerns, and 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 the back is one that I, it's obviously not going to go away anytime soon. Right, and and you know I'm not a doctor, but to me it's obvious his career is finished, and I hope I'm wrong. 
But I can't imagine him going, coming back to playing golf after the injuries he suffered today. Well, it depends well, on what yeah, they are, though. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. if, if, it's, if it's broken legs, it would, like, you don't want broken legs, but I would think that a broken bone is easier to heal than his back. I would think, though, with his back being as bad as it is, he's probably going to have back issues as a result of this, too, but I don't know that. Mm. Yeah. Well, not, it wasn't just broken legs. It was a compound fracture. Yeah. At least one, if not two, plus his ankle is shattered. Not broke, shattered, they said. So yeah. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes yeah. back, but... Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I want you guys take care. Have a good night. All right, Bruce. Thanks for checking in. By the way, Porzingis, five years, $158 million contract with the Mavericks. This year, Gordon, $29.467 million is his salary. If, that were, if this was Shark Tank, I would be uh, quoting Mark Cuban. And for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think anybody on Shark Tank would be taking that deal right now. No, not at all. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, what's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. Yeah, it's much better to be an NBA player than an NFL player. Well, that's kind of contracts. That's you, for bro. sure. He would have been cut yesterday that's... in the NFL. He'd have been cut, he'd have been yeah. cut a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to have to renegotiate <laughs> this one. <laughs> with, with, with no money. <laughs> cut with no money. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Listen, you know, I haven't talked this much Knicks in, in, in a few years, and I mean that's a good thing. You know, the team is playing better. I, I, I understand where the fans is getting a little disappointed, like you said, Larry. You know, with, with a little bit more winning, it becomes high expectations. But I mean, I, with their talent, what they got, I mean, they're right where they are supposed to be. Maybe even a couple of games ahead of that. You know, um, only thing I will say, you know, this is just somebody looking from the outside, and you know, I'm not a, a, a Knicks fan. You know. Um, I was hoping that the um, 76ers could probably try to get um, Reddick back there because he looks um, miserable down there in New Orleans. Doesn't look happy. But I still don't think we could beat the Nets, you know. But, I mean, if they stay healthy, that, that that's that's going to be a done deal in the East. But um, with the Knicks, you know, just from, like I said, from an outside person looking in, uh, you know, I remember I heard John talk a little while ago, and he was saying, like, if um, OB had the, the – uh, if the Knicks had a good point guard, OB would be um, – you know, he'd be a rookie of the year candidate. I think the reason why he's not a rookie of the year candidate is because he's the kind of player that needs somebody to set him up. That that I think that's I've been a little disappointed to be quite honest with you with 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 his um just like where his level of play is at now. Forget about the development. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he was I, I maybe I saw it wrong in Cosmo, but I thought he was the kind of guy to be able to create his own shot a little bit. It had a couple of more moves. It's like either if he doesn't get a, a you know, alley oop or, you know, a tap and dunk He's just shooting a three-pointer, you know. He's got to give me a little. You know, he's got he's got to work on his game a little more than that. But um, you know, looking at what's going on with the team, and um, you know, recently, it looks like all the veteran players are playing well, and now the young guys are not playing well. You know, and that was something that we were concerned about. You know, with Tibbs as the coach coming in, and then I was listening also to another thing John said about um, you know. You want to develop slowly and develop through the draft. Like you got to understand who your coach is. He's not interested in doing that. So in the in the um, short term, you know you're going to develop these guys, you know as, as best you can. But what's going to happen is there's going to be some deal made. Now if it's not the Bradley Beal deal, you know there's going to be some deal made at the end of this year because, like you discussed before, lad, I don't think that. Tibbs is going to be with that three- to five-year rebuilding plan. And then, let's be honest, the fans here, too. You know, they talk a good game with that. In three years, 
if I think they're going to the playoffs this year, but let's just say for three years they missed the playoff two out of three years, the, the fans are going to be running him out of town. And he knows that. So, you know, those two um, philosophies conflict with each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And, and here's the other thing, Boone, thanks for the phone call up against the clock. Here's the other thing. If they don't get free agents, they're going to be running Leon Rose and, and World Wide West out of town <laughs> because they come in with the, you know, going with the with the reputation of they're well Absolutely. connected and mm-hmm. they can bring guys here. And, you know, Leon Rose, a former agent, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we saw how that worked out. By the way, go 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 look on the file on the New York Mets past couple of years with Brody Van Wagenen. And so, you know, if they don't do anything and able to bring the, to bring the free agents, even though fans – don't understand, Gordon, that what attracts free agents, yeah, they may have the contacts, but it's who you have on the floor. So if they can continue to, you know, hang around where they are, and yeah, it's kind of frustrating because we know that, once again, we, we reevaluated, you know, and recalculated what we expected of a successful season for them because of the way they played. If they can get to the postseason, that's going to help those guys get players here. If they should take a, a right turn, Gordon, that's going to make a shop detail. That's going to hurt them in trying to get free agents. Yeah, it's kind of right. You're, you're kind of building on, you're hoping for the success here to kind of swing guys who might be on the fence about coming here. And But the first step is you got to have some success here. So, yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're about where you'd kind of expect this team to be at this point. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I agree that, uh, you know, maybe they're a game or two better. Uh, they're better than I thought that they were going to be to start the season, but absolutely, the expectation has changed over the course of the year. So, uh, I, I like if you, if I asked you what's the, the 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 clearest path to getting an upgrade in talent, I still think it's probably the draft picks. Because absolutely, if you trade guys, you, you're going to have to trade picks or trade guys. You don't have a whole lot of roster, you know, a lot on the roster to begin with. Free agents, we've seen unless you build something, nobody's coming here. So it's not a great shot, but I still think that the draft picks are probably your best foot forward. It definitely is. That's the way to go. And then, you know, Gordon, if you can make a deal for, you know, a young free agent, right, or, or a young player with a year or two left on his deal, you know, somebody like a Buddy Heald, as, as John from Freehold talks about, you know, a kid who's who can show some has shown some potential, shown that he can hit some shots, maybe needs a change of scenery, something like that, if it's not too much, right? You can make a move like that. But really, the best way to go is to go through the draft because this way, you know, they're your players and you have them, right? And you have them for a while. And so then you can integrate and and add them to your team and and add them to the philosophy that you have. And you've got a pretty good coaching staff that's good in mentoring and teaching and helping guys improve their game. You know, that's why, like, I understand what people say, you know, and several folks have talked about Emmanuel quickly. The guy's 21. I mean, you know, he, he, he may develop into a really good point guard. He may develop into a guy that, that's a combo guard, Gordon, that, yeah, he can shoot the lights out. But, oh, by the way, if I bring him in in a situation, he, he does know how to, how to run my offense and be able to find people in the right spot. Yeah. Can we find another Julius Randle in free agency, too? Maybe that would be a nice way to go. It sure would be, as, as it turns out this year, right? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Wouldn't say that last year. One of those, yeah. <laughs> what, a ch- what a difference a year makes. All-star Julius Randle. With a, didn't see that coming last year. No, didn't see it coming this year at time. You know, let's be honest. Coming into this year, if I would have told you that. You'd be, All right, sure. Okay, right, right, buddy. You know what I said? Promo code Gordon and good luck. <laughs> yeah, you probably could have made a buck or two. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. 